Las Vegas, famous, fabulous playground of the West. A wide open town that never goes to sleep. Vegas! Vegas, baby, Vegas! You're either in or you're out. Right now. My best mates are going to Las Vegas this weekend. I'm told it's incredible. Las Vegas, here we go! Pack your bags and get ready for a different kind of Vegas experience with someone who knows Vegas inside and out. You're listening to Vegas Never Sleeps with Stephen Maggi. Welcome to Vegas Never Sleeps, an audio postcard from the fabulous Las Vegas Strip. I'm Stephen Maggi. Las Vegas is now considered not just a place for gambling and shows, but a destination for sports. Today, you'll meet Jim Quinn, a man that is in part responsible for the explosion in professional sports. Besides sports, Las Vegas is becoming an important location for the future of television. You'll meet one of the leaders in that effort, John Fondy of Vegas TV Production Studios. And as always, our regulars are here. We also have a special guest as well. First of all, your Vegas insider, Scott Robin of VitalVegas.com. It's back with more information about the Circa Hotel and Casino, which is expected to open in December. Realtor Gady Madrano from Flipping Vegas is back today. How long is too long for your house to be on the market? We'll ask Gady. The Wizard of Odds, Michael Shackelford, is here as well. Last week, Michael warned you about gambling addiction. This week, he dives deeper into the need to keep your wits about you when you hit the casino. Finally, we have a special guest in the Vegas food and wine segment. Donald Contorsi joins us. Donald runs the must-see lip-smacking foodie tours that presents some of the best dishes in Vegas. And today, he shares one of those unique-to-Vegas dishes. Let's go to Vegas, baby. Let's go tonight. Let's go tonight. Nothing has changed the world of sports, and I mean nothing more than free agency. And today we have with us Jim Quinn, legendary sports lawyer who spearheaded free agency and is now the author of a book that you got to read. It's called Don't Be Afraid to Win, How Free Agency Changed the Business of Pro Sports. It really did, Jim, right? I mean, the game is so different as a whole from what it was, say, back in the 60s and the 70s. Yeah, there's no question. Uh, as, you know, some of the older folks may remember back in the day, um, players, whether it was a basketball, hockey, football, or baseball were essentially tied to their teams uh, like serfs. And uh, even after their contracts were up because of a thing that was referred to as the so-called reserve system, they uh, were unable to uh, move to another team, negotiate with another team. Uh, it was a different world. Yeah, no question. I mean, I guess it was good for Yankee fans and Packer fans and some of those <laughs> dynasties. But for a lot of people in certain marketplaces, and it's and to be honest, some cases with free agency, but that's more a question of the owners that run it themselves. We still see a little of that today, don't we? Yeah, you do. But, you know, the reality is that the reserve system actually, uh, in many ways, hurt professional sports because you – you uh, were able to retain, and the Boston Celtics, of course, is the best example with 10 out of 11 championships. Uh, there were, there were <laughs> yeah. a lot of teams, including my New York Knicks, that didn't have a chance. Uh, and under free agency, if you're a lousy team, if you're, if you're you know, Kansas City or uh, Cincinnati, whatever, the way you go about reproving is uh, not just through a draft. That's one player at a time, but through uh, going out into the free market and signing players. 
It makes the game a lot more exciting. When a lot of the old-timers do make the argument that, oh, it was better with the draft and you could build slowly, but the problem was the draft is not... it's a guess. Let's face it. You look at any uh, first-round pick, maybe half, maybe a third of them actually pan out. Sure, it's a gamble. So uh, the difference is going out into a free agency market. You know that um, the players are established; they're good players, and you can you can go out and sign them. And does that mean that you know they may make more money? Yeah, God bless America. That's what that's what that's what free uh, you know the, uh, our system is all about. Exactly. Major League Baseball was the place where this really started to blossom, right? I mean, this goes back to Kurt Flood, goes back to Marvin Miller and all those things. Yeah, it's sort of ironic because uh, almost simultaneously, uh, basketball and baseball were the first two to get free agency. We got it through the Robertson Settlement Agreement. Oscar Robertson uh, spearheaded an antitrust case against uh, first to try to block successfully the merger between the ABA and the NBA and also attack the reserve system in, in basketball and simultaneously first through Kurt Flood, which did not work. And then later through an arbitration known as the Andy Messersmith arbitration, a uh, Dodger pitcher, uh, he was able to obtain free agency in the mid seventies and, uh, and the world began to change. Absolutely. You know, and I really remember that because as a little kid, I was a big fan of the Oakland A's. I grew up in the Bay area. I loved the A's and I watched Free agency killed Charlie Finley and so forth. Yeah. And it yeah. really kind of changed who was going to own, right? I mean, it really did. You, you weren't going to have those as many of those family situations where you have the same owner year, year, decade after decade after decade. Oh, yeah. And there's no question that it had an impact on, at every level, including ownership. Uh, one of the ironies in baseball is probably the best example is that after free agency came into play uh, for the next 15 years, it was largely small market teams that won – uh, championships, including Kansas City and Minnesota, yeah. uh, Cincinnati, and several others, and the Yankees' domination actually uh, uh, was uh, less significant during that period of time. Unfortunately, it's still less significant. <laughs> well, and let's talk about uh, the salary cap because I think that's the crucial part. That's what I enjoyed most about the book. The salary cap was almost going to have to be done to stop these people from stopping themselves, wasn't it? Or, or, or well, I mean, that was uh, certainly the, the whole idea of these restrictions. The salary cap is a good example. It is, uh, you know, it presumably to prevent uh, owners from being idiots, um, <laughs> yeah. and, and as, as sometimes they are. You know, good owners and uh, good general managers uh, can uh, can do well under any system, but you know, there are those who are are uh, not as good. Uh, unfortunately, that recently is largely related to the New York teams, of which I'm uh, a fan. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the, uh, you would think a big market would be able to do better, but unfortunately that doesn't seem to be the case because uh, it also requires skill, not just money. Um, but the, the irony of free agency is that it's actually benefited not just the players. Obviously, players are making uh, an enormous amount of money, but uh, look at the value of these uh, Sports franchises today, with the NFL's True. averaging close to three billion, if you added up all the uh, uh, franchise values of the four major sports, it's well over two hundred billion dollars. It's mind-boggling. Big business. It really is. One more thing about the salary cap, too. Sure, it's so- sort of changed. The way you have to manage a team, I mean, for example, here in Vegas, the hockey team. Who'd have thought a franchise, an expansion franchise, takes off? 
right? And the right. first year they get in the Stanley Cup, well, all of a sudden now people are finding out, okay, we got to be able to manage this because all of a sudden now all these guys are worth more money. And it's really kind of an art form to be able to get that just right mix. It isn't the, the free agency. The, the thought was that the Yankees were going to have all the great players all the time. It is changed. I mean, this whole thing now, you kind of have to have certain levels of players because, and you got to move people on a lot because so, you can't, we can't just go, you, you can't spend unlimited amounts of money. It actually requires people to know what they're doing. It's, it's uh, you know, it's, in, in that sense, it's not a bad thing. More with Jim Quinn, author of Don't Be Afraid to Win, How Free Agency Changed the Business of Pro Sports, in just a moment. Time now for your Vegas insider, Scott Robin of VitalVegas.com. Last week, Scott spoke about the excitement of the Circa coming to downtown later this year. Today, Scott digs a little deeper. People that have been to the D know that the D is loud, a lot of people having fun. So this is going to be kind of the D on steroids, I guess, in a really an incredible location. Some of those basic things that have made the D and the Golden Gate, Derek and Greg Stevens are the owners, some of the things that have made those hits definitely going to be carried over. The interesting part is Derek Stevens has said to me, I don't know if we're going to do dancing dealers. I don't know. There's some things that we might uh, let kind of go away and we're going to kind of class it up or, or change the tone a little bit. I think they know it works. I think they know there's a built-in demand. I have a lot of big concerns about Vegas in terms of it, like the room inventory that's coming online with Resorts World. When you have 3,000-plus rooms, or you talk about the Drew, which I don't think is necessarily happening, but it's thousands more rooms, I think there's some concerns. But downtown, Derek and Greg Stevens know what the demand is, it's no more than 700 rooms. They know it's a niche they're going to fill, and they're going to be packed every night. And we're, we're just going to see something different than we've ever seen. This pool area is different. He's touting it as the best pool complex in the history of Las Vegas. That's such a Derek Stevens thing. Uh, I don't know if that's verifiable, but, but I think the biggest sportsbook claim actually is, biggest uh, video screen in a sportsbook in Vegas, that's a verifiable claim. Uh, he has just made this baby to be what he wants to do. He loves sports. I'm going to make the biggest sports book in Las Vegas. I'm like, go, dude. You got a billion dollars in your bank account. You should be able to do whatever the hell you want. Scott will be back again next week. Remember to check out VitalVegas.com every day. When it comes to Vegas, Scott Robin is simply the best source in town. You can also follow Vital Vegas on all social media outlets. More with Jim Quinn, author of Don't Be Afraid to Win, How Free Agency Changed the Business of Pro Sports, in just a moment. You are listening to Vegas Never Sleeps with Stephen Maggi, coast to coast on the BizTalk Radio Network. Welcome back to Vegas Never Sleeps with Stephen Maggi. You are listening to attorney Jim Quinn, the author of Don't Be Afraid to Win, How Free Agency Changed the Business of Pro Sports. I, you know, the salary cap came in first in basketball in the early 80s because uh, at that time, as I point out in the book, there were uh, a half dozen franchises that were really close to extinction. And uh, and we agreed to a salary cap really to save the league. So uh, it's worked out for both sides. 
I remember at one time, again, getting back to Charlie Finley, his suggestion was, well, if you were going to go to free agency, they'll make everybody a free agent every year. But that wouldn't have worked out either, would it? No, that would have been a terrible idea from the player's standpoint. You have too many players on the market uh, at the same time, which would lower their value. Uh, the system, uh, the, the systems that are in existence today, uh, I think, works for both the owners and the players uh, in, in a reasonably fair way. Well, yeah, this is relatively new. I mean, when you think about it, it's only a few decades where this has been really going on, and it seems like this has worked out well because there's been an evolution of this, and it's kind of changed the ways. Most important is athletes are actually getting what they deserve, considering they're the stars. I mean, without them, there's no game. Well, that's that's that was what we fought for from the very beginning, uh, and obviously the you know owners, uh, particularly in football, they fought it the hardest for the longest period of time. Um, the uh, it wasn't until the '90s that we were able to achieve free agency in football, and that was only after a four-month trial in Minneapolis, uh, where they uh, they fought us tooth and nail. And, thank, and actually, the title of the book is uh, uh, derives from that trial when uh, uh, the uh, Gene Upshaw, who was a Hall of Fame guard for the Oakland Raiders, and later the head of the union, when we were going finally uh, getting up to close, I uh, was getting up to close uh, the case and closing argument, and Upshaw looked down at me, put his hand on my shoulder, and said, "Quinn, don't be afraid to win." <laughs> Something I'll never forget. Wow! Uh, and we did win. <laughs> Yeah, he was an important guy. I, I knew him. That's when I really started in my earliest days, in my almost my teenage years, starting in sports in uh, the locker room. He was a great guy, and he was one of these guys that he struck me. And I, I guess you could see here he could work with the owners in a way, maybe because he worked with Al Davis, who actually was friendly to the players. Oh yeah, no, Al and and Gene actually had uh, had a good relationship, and uh, Davis, who I also knew. Uh, wanted uh, wanted Gene when he uh, when he finished his career wanted to come and have him be general manager of the Raiders, and uh, I think Upshaw had the good sense of knowing as much as he might have liked Davis, he didn't <laughs> want to work for him. <laughs> Absolutely. Why was football, Jim? Why was football so difficult to move? Is it just because the because these guys were number one at the time, so they figured, well, why do we have to do this? And they thought they had pretty more much. Leverage? I mean, they, yeah, they 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 felt they had a lot of leverage. And it wasn't until we made the decision to actually uh, decertify the union, blow it up, so to speak, that would allow us to bring an antitrust lawsuit. Uh, and that was Gene's uh, vision, and, and he had the guts to do it. Uh, and uh, that's what led to free agency. Yeah, we had to fight him tooth and nail. It's incredible. And all these things you talk about in the book, these various strikes, because these strikes and lockouts and so forth – Fans hate that, you know. There were, the, and, and quite frankly, it's bad for the game and so forth. But what lessons do they learn? Because I, I don't see those as, as happening as much as they were. See, the late '90s and so forth. It seemed like you, know, you had one every now and then. Yeah, it's changed. Um, the uh, strikes really, I think, are, are pretty much a thing of the past. Although it's possible in baseball coming around this time. The you know the the. Um, the tool that the NFL and, and the NBA and, and hockey as well have used in more recent time is to lock the players out and put pressure on them in that, in that sense. Um, and, but there's so much money involved now uh, to do that and to impact your television revenue. Uh, it, uh, the owners really have to think twice whether or not they want to shut the league down. Uh, when they shut the league down, they're taking money out of their own pockets. 
Absolutely. The book is Don't Be Afraid to Win, How Free Agency Changed the Business of Pro Sports. It's a great read. Jim Quinn, thank you so much for being with us. How do we get that? You can get it on Amazon and Barnes and & Noble and where other good uh, books are sold. Amazon's probably the best place. Thank you, Take Jim. Take care, Stephen. Time now for Luxury Living Vegas Style, featuring the star of Flipping Vegas, Yadi Medrano. When I was a kid, I remember my parents sold their home. It was just expected that it might take a month, two months, even three months to sell your house. It seems like the perception of that, or maybe that just comes from being around these hot markets. It's no longer like that. You can turn around. How, what are you normally seeing in terms of turnaround now? And I know it varies from property to property, but... Well, if you go on my Facebook page, I just did a market snapshot, which I do at the end of the month. And so with that one, I'll just tell you exactly what it was for November, the average days on the market. And again, you have to factor in this is thousands. We're looking at about 4,000 and sold or in that I've sold, but you have obviously more listed, but days on the market where it actually got into contract, we are at 35 days. So that factors in, you know, those that just fly off the shelf in the first week. And then those that are, you know, 60 to 90 days. So that's your average that you're looking at right now for the previous month. And that has, actually decrease because we're going into we're going into winter and the holidays and not as many people are moving so you, the activity is down so the previous month we were looking i believe it was 29 days or 31 i'd have to go back and look at it but th- that's what we're averaging right now yeah and then uh that should give people confidence that if they have one of those things where they're selling and then going to go and turn around and buying it and you can do that, right? Because there's, there's always a fear. A lot of people, you know, they've got all their money in their home, so to speak. They don't want to, they can't be having two mortgages at the same time. Well, that's going to come down to your agent as well and pricing. The, the, it's the biggest obstacle because sometimes people or sellers are emotionally attached to, say, a remodel or what they did to it as opposed to being objective and seeing like, hey, well, this is what it can actually sell for. Now, if you do have a little bit of time, I'll price it aggressively. Like, hey, we'll give it a shot and this will be, and then it just answers the market speaks for itself. So if it doesn't sell, has no activity, nobody's looking, nobody's biting, then it is what it is. You have to price it correctly. But I'll let... For, for instance, my seller know, like, this is not what I recommend. <laughs> this is probably not what it's going to sell for, but we'll give it a shot. And then you do, and you put forth your, your greatest effort, and sometimes that works out, sometimes it doesn't, but also realistic expectations. Now, if you're really going to struggle and you don't want to give it that time, you don't have that time, you need to hurry up and sell it, then price it correctly. Like, actually do that. And if you price it too high, you have to for you have to change the price within two weeks if it doesn't work. I mean, you can't let it sit on the market because then it'll widen your issues and then you'll get low ball offers. And there's other things. So you have to do things correctly. But for me, it's it's all of it's very sellable. If you list it right, you price it right, you can turn around and sell it without any issue. You can see Gady on Flipping Vegas on the DIY Network, and you can contact her at GadyRealEstate.com. Hey, do you want to get in better shape? Well, who doesn't, right? But it's never easy. But if you contact my friends at FitFab2020 at gmail.com, they'll help make it simple to follow. They'll get a plan specially for you. And more importantly, this program will help you achieve your goals, and it will not cost you a small fortune. They got lots of options to address your individual needs. All you need to do is reach out to Christine. She's at fitfab2020 at gmail.com. That's fitfab2020 at gmail.com. You're listening to Vegas Never Sleeps with Stephen Maggi nationwide on the Biz Talk Radio Network. 
I'm comedian Krista Kay, and you're listening to Vegas Never Sleeps with Stephen Maggi. Let's return to Vegas Never Sleeps with Stephen Maggi. Today's show is brought to you in part by 360getfree.com. We've all been taught that a 30-year mortgage is necessary if we want to own a home. But that's not true. You can have all your debts, including your mortgage, paid off in five to seven years. Find out how. Go to 360getfree.com and get your free ebook. Turn your debt into wealth. That's 360debtfree.com. Time now to change topics from sports to a new way to watch television. What would you expect from somebody with over 40 years experience in television, public relations, and marketing to be doing? Why, of course, they're into the next big thing. John Fondy is with us today, well-known around Vegas. He is the president of Do-It-Yourself Marketing and the owner of VegasTVProduction.com. And also with us is Sarah Summers, who's a production manager, also of VegasTVProduction.com. First of all, let's just explain what VegasTVProduction.com is. It's really, really cutting-edge media. Is that right, John? Well, it is. We are a full-service uh, television production company, which means uh, basically our our motto is from napkin to network distribution. And so we take our clients and our shows and basically start them out from uh, from scratch, if you will, on the back of a napkin and turn that into a network quality television show or a commercial or a corporate video or corporate project as well. Right. And, you know, you can do that now, right? I mean, at one time you had to know somebody at one of the big three networks and you had to know, like, their, their maid or their gardener or something to be able to get stuff into them and stuff. And now if you got a great idea and you got a little bit of money, there's some options you can do. And really, when you guys talk about top quality uh, output, it's as good as anything I've seen. I mean, is that kind of what you shoot for, Sarah? Absolutely. Every time. Well, and, and John, is it one of those things where it's got to be kind of exciting for you, having been in the business so long, to really see the possibilities for, for people with great ideas but just don't have the connections? Well, yeah, I did a tour of duty in Hollywood for about 20 years, so I really cut my teeth on the best of the best, if you will. And, uh, and so when I decided to leave Hollywood, I, I still loved the industry. I was just done with the hassle and the hustle and bustle of Hollywood and was able to come here to, uh, to Las Vegas. But I didn't really know any other way of doing, of doing product other than the Hollywood way. And the great thing about it is, is on average, I would say if I did a half hour show, reality show in Hollywood, that might cost about 30000 an episode. Right. And then, then when I came to, uh, came to uh, Las Vegas, I could produce that same show and that same type of quality for probably about $20,000. Huge difference. Um, Huge difference. I mean, when you're on a, on a budget and trying something out, that, that makes a big difference. Well, it, it does, and so it enables us to really allow a lot of people to get involved in the industry. Like you said, you've got a little bit of money, and you've got myself and Sarah and our contacts 
that uh, we're able to really show you uh, a top-shelf Hollywood-type production and get it done for half the cost and, and in many cases, you know, a third of the time to, to go uh, to be ready for for network distribution. And a lot of people don't understand that you can have a great idea for for a left-handed monkey wrench show or a, a cooking show or something like that. And when you're said and done, you're just going to have a left-handed monkey wrench show. The whole idea is distribution. And that's uh, that's the, the big thing and what we're able to do, not only with the Las Vegas Television Network, but also our, our connections in the, in the industry. And, of course, coming from the entertainment capital, the world doesn't hurt at all. We probably couldn't do the same thing uh, in Des Moines that we do here in Las Vegas. Right, exactly. Well, and UNLV plays a big part in this, too. I think it's kind of interesting because you're getting some of the people that are really right at the beginnings of their career – but at a university that's prestige has gone way up over the years and is growing in the same way that the city of Las Vegas has grown from the sleepy little desert town with some kind of cool stuff to now a real player in media across the country. Well, yeah, the, uh, the, the, the university was built in the early 50s here and has basically grown uh, exponentially to bring in all kinds of different projects. Um, it's, it's known as a research facility here, and, uh, but we do have a full-power radio station, 91.5 uh, KUNV, as well as a, uh, as a Rebel TV network, which basically produces programming for the intranet here uh, on campus. And so students will come here to the Hank Greenspun School of Journalism and Media Studies, and they'll learn just that. They'll learn to be broadcasters and writers and editors and camera operators. And we've got three studios here, which, which, which rival many of the studios across the country. In fact, I tell the students, don't get used to this because when, when you go to some podunk town to break into the industry, it's not going to be state of the art like we have here. So, and we really do teach them with, with state of the art equipment here and state of the art studios. And, and we've got a great, uh, a great professional staff here that helps them with that. Well, it's so important. You know, I remember my days way long time ago as a broadcaster, hanging out at Monday night football games and seeing the way ABC covered it back then with Howard Cosell and so forth. And I remember on the camera thing, I always remember if you made a mistake, they had a guy waiting in the wings to take over for you and you were out of work. So it's great that they have a place where they can really learn from the best because if you want to get to that area, you really need to know your know your craft. Well, you know, you're so true. We we lived on pins and needles in Hollywood, and you're absolutely right. So um, I did a production here for a, a big casino, um, and uh, we had about 14 people on our crew uh, from seasoned graduates and professional staff all the way down to I had one one little girl told me she's never picked up a camera before. She says, what should I do? I said, well, you're going to use a camera today. Yeah. And so we walked her through the steps of, of getting the thing on and, and getting the equipment set up. And she said, what do I do now? I said, point at that guy on stage and push that red button. So, yeah. <laughs> she, uh, so she said, well, what happens if I make a mistake? I said, hey, I'll make a deal with you. There, nobody makes any mistakes on my crew here. You just promise to do it better the next time. 
And it was just a wonderful, the students are just absolutely, like I alluded to before, we're on pins and needles in Hollywood, but here they're absolutely fearless. And that's what I want them to do is really learn the industry, learn their craft and make mistakes because that's, that's the only way that we learn. And people will say to me, John, with 40 years in the business, what does that mean to you? And I say, well, that means I've made every mistake in the book. And, uh, <laughs> That's the way I, I kind of approach everything is just try to keep doing things better and find easier things. And, and I got to tell you, uh, Steve, you know, working around uh, the students here really does help to keep you young and they really do keep you on your feet as well. Yeah, and that is fun. You've got a thing there called Stars Among the Angels, a foundation. Just talk a little about this because I, I was really fascinated with it. And I, I know uh, the folks that were involved with the mob story out of the Plaza Hotel, and they were thrilled because uh, that was really a bigger deal than people thought. And you guys did a 30-second commercial for it. So kind of talk a little about what the foundation does. Well, the foundation, uh, we started about 11 years ago, and I've been involved with children's charities ever since day one in Hollywood. Um, basically, God gave me some tremendous talent, and uh, so I decided that I was going to use that talent to uh, to help unfortunate uh, children. So I've always been involved with children's charities, and I was an executive uh, at St. Jude's Ranch for Children here in uh in Las Vegas and worked for March of Dimes and City of Hope and and really felt that that was what my my real calling was. And so I decided to start Stars Among the Angels. Um, Our tagline is where entertainment meets education. More with John Fondy and Sarah Summers of Vegas TV Production Studios in just a few moments. Time now for statistician, actuary, and expert in gaming odds and probabilities, the Wizard of Odds, Michael Shackelford. Today, Michael continues his look at gambling addiction. You gotta be thinking, like, you play video poker, you better be careful, like, if you've got to hit the right button so you hold it because you could make mistakes, you could make the wrong decisions. Same thing with blackjack, the wrong decisions. So if you're getting to that point where you're losing, like you said, where you're, you're making bad decisions, that really is a time to get off because now you're taking the possible uh, advantages that you have knowing your system and throwing it out the window. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Uh, if you are in tilt, say, in, in video poker, you might play too fast, you might be drinking, and you might not be hitting those buttons right. And not hitting a button right in video poker can cost you a great deal of money, like saying you're playing deuces wild and you're angry and you forget to hold a deuce. That could that could cost you hundreds of dollars. So, yeah, absolutely, no, no matter what the reasons, no matter what the game, always play with a clear head. The Wizard returns again next week with more advice. More with John Fondy and Sarah Summers of Vegas TV Production Studios in just a few moments. You are listening to Vegas Never Sleeps with Stephen Mangie, coast to coast on the BizTalk Radio Network. You're listening to Vegas Never Sleeps with Stephen Maggi. We're listening to John Fondy and Sarah Summers of Vegas TV Production Studios. You know, one last thing I want to talk with you guys about, we'll spend a little bit of time on, is first of all, VegasTVProduction.com. Go there. It's fascinating. And one of the things you're going to see is this whole list of shows and so forth and this whole idea of OTT, which means over-the-top services and Tiki Live. I want to hear more about that because it's really kind of interesting and 
it's not... It's not just the, the old internet TV where, you know, you throw something on YouTube and you have some. It's really a lot more than that. Can you guys kind of explain what what it is and kind of why it's really the future of video, I, I think, as we go on in the next uh, few decades? Well, you're, you're absolutely right. There's, uh, there's traditional broadcasting, which is cable and over the air and, and satellite. And then we've got this OTT product that we have. So we decided we had so much good content to to basically produce the Las Vegas television network, which is all Vegas all the time. So it's it's basically all Vegas themed television programming. So people all over the world can take a trip to Vegas whenever they want to. And and uh, our shows, uh, according to uh, ROTT, uh, data analytics are seen in over 25 different countries um and uh so it's really has brought the world closer to to las vegas and and all of the shows that we do and all the commercials and things of that nature are all all vegas theme so we really do have a have a good time and we produce an excellent product and uh we probably reach about 115 million people just in our ott platform wow. And then we'll have individual shows that we will do traditional broadcasting for. And we've got over 100 million homes um, in, on major, net, major networks, um, such as the Family Channel and Hallmark and uh, yeah. RFD and, and, uh, and uh, you know, business TV and stuff. So we kind of have it covered from both sides. So you're absolutely right. You mentioned, Steve, before about now it is actually practical for somebody to get into the television business um, and have a worthwhile, uh, either a, a prominent hobby or, or a successful uh, paying uh, uh, show. It, it's really exciting because I don't think there's any shortage of content, believe it or not. I just think sometimes it's really tough. You know, you need to have connections. And what you're doing is you're kind of providing the connections with your distribution knowledge and also a different place, a different platform. It's good for everyone. Well, it, it is. And not only do we, do we teach them, you know, how to produce a network quality show, but we also show them how they can sell that show um, and either do self-distribution or take on a partner and sell that show to a network, which you write before. You had to know a guy that knows a guy that knows a guy even to get the guy to take a look at it. It's really the truth. You know, I just want people to, to really go to VegasTVProduction.com because what they're going to see is something, if they're thinking this is a YouTube thing, it just isn't. It's it's light years different, and I think you really have to experience it to understand. It's a different way of thinking of, of video. Yeah, in fact, I mean, we're we're here on the campus of UNLV right now, and there there's nobody here except for Kim, our program director, Sarah, and myself. So it just goes to show you that uh, even on holidays, we still have a good time, and we because we do enjoy our work. Well, it. Really great talking with you. We hope to have you on again. It's VegasTVProduction.com and uh, the great work that John Fondy and Sarah Summers do over there is well worth a visit. Thanks, guys. Best of luck as the years go on. Hey, thanks so much, Steve. Uh, thanks for having us. Thank you. Donald Contorsi of Lip Smacking Foodie Tours is with us today. Donald's tour brings visitors who love food to some of the finest restaurants in town to sample the foods that made them famous. On the lip-smacking foodie tour, 
it's a combination of great restaurants and what they do that makes them particularly special. Every restaurant you go to, you're getting their signature dish. So give us an example, if, if you would, Don, of a dish that's really different and why it's part of your tour, why it's so special. So uh, at each restaurant that we visit, we highlight usually three to four signature dishes. But one in particular that I, I, I'd like to, to talk about is uh, it's uh, one over at uh, Milos, Estatorio Milos inside of the Cosmopolitan in Las Vegas. And uh, the dish there that uh, one of them that we feature is called the Milos Special. Uh, and it, right there in its name, it, it's, you know, it's, you're only going to find it at that restaurant. And it's something that most people... Um, probably wouldn't think to order um, unless it maybe had the word special in it. Um, so the dish is actually uh, eggplant and zucchini. Uh, this is a Greek restaurant. They're actually a, a, a restaurant that's famous for flying in their seafood from Greece, Spain, and Portugal almost every day. But here we are serving vegetables. Uh, but they're not just any vegetables. They're very thinly sliced eggplant and zucchini. They just dust it with a little bit of flour before they fry it. And the fryers there are incredible. It's not your traditional fryer. It's old school Greek way in a big pot, oil on, on top of a stove. So what they do is after they, they dust it in the flour, they put them in the fryer and they're very thin and crisp. And then the, the chef actually has to stack them one on top of the other. They build it uh, like a tower. Um, and then inside of that dish, you'll never see it until you start to pull the eggplant zucchini apart, is tzatziki. So it, uh, it's all hidden inside of that dish. And tzatziki is the cucumber Greek yogurt. And the way that they prepare theirs is they make sure all the water is removed from the cucumbers. So it's very, very thick. It's not your watery uh, Greek yogurt. And so a little bit of salt. So I love the dish because it's um, many different reasons. It's simple. But it, the flavors are, are, are not, there's nothing like it. It's just a v couple of ingredients, but it has so much flavor. Um, it's a dish that a lot of people wouldn't think to order eggplant zucchini. Maybe they're not fans of vegetables, and they end up loving it. So I like dishes that are very unique uh, to the restaurant, that um, are, are you know a treat when it comes to the flavors, and are uh, something that people wouldn't order on their own. Right, and is this something that you'd be hard pressed to find even at a Greek restaurant anywhere else? Yeah, you don't, you won't find this dish. Um, you know, I have seen some Greek restaurants try to do the same. You know, they see how popular it is, but uh, I don't know. I, 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 our guests constantly ask, you know, how can I make this at home? This would be great during the Super Bowl. Uh, but it, it's actually hand sliced, so they're not using a madeleine, uh, uh, and it's very thin. So it, it, there's just love and care put into it. So you know it takes a lot of resources and, and labor to do that, so I don't see other restaurants really doing it. Thanks, Donald. Join us again next week when you'll meet one of our favorite guests, author Rosalind Poon. Don't forget to follow us on all the social media platforms, which include Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Have a great weekend. This is Stephen Maggi reminding you, Vegas never sleeps. Vegas, here we go!